0: You're listening to the Consumer Call-In with me, Sinead Ryan, sitting in for Ivan. Over the next two weeks, we're taking your calls at this time with experts on consumer issues ranging from home renovations to investments. Today, it's all about consumer rights. Do you know yours? Have you ever had trouble taking something back to a shop or been delayed on a flight? Haven't we all? If you want to get involved, you can call 1890 453 106 and we'll get you on the air. I'm delighted to be joined in studio now by the real experts, Karen Caroline Kernin of the European Consumer Centre and Owen Curry, editor of Travel Extra. You're both very welcome to the programme. Now, um, let's start with something that we've just heard in the news headlines there. And in fact, it's been on the business news all day. And that is the story that Ryanair is, um, is shedding staff, shedding poor old Michael O'Leary's wages, uh, shedding pilots, what 's going on Owen, and you know more importantly is is you know apart from all the job losses, is it going to affect consumers and flights
1: it 's going to affect flights, but in a very convoluted way, uh, we, we, people will remember listeners will remember exactly two years ago September two thousand and seventeen there was rostering problems because Ryanair uh, didn 't have enough problems didn 't have, have enough uh, pilots to cover their rosters now they have too many, and what uh, we 're hearing today is possibly a little bit of bluster, possibly a little bit of softening up for the trade unions that he's not used to dealing with, but he's recognised in the two years since saying uh, we've got serious growth planned, 7%. That's going to be about 3% because of the very highly publicised problems with the Boeing Max. So it's really not a question of uh, Ryanair contracting, which is what Lufthansa said in their report yesterday. It's a question of them having their growth. That isn't really looking at where they're growing and cutting out where the growth is because the way Ryanair operates, they will look at low yield routes um, that have are in in place and look at higher yield routes that are about to start and say, well, let's ditch some of what we have. And the very obvious candidate for that, and we've already seen it in Belfast, are routes within uh, the UK, not Entirely related to Brexit, more related to the very high level of aviation taxes, one of the highest in the world. And um, they will, they've, we've seen a retreat on the Belfast to Stansted uh, service from Ryanair that has already impacted consumers.
0: And nobody's like more adaptable than Ryanair when it comes to chopping and changing about what they do. So this really probably isn't any reflection on their fortunes. It's just external stuff that they, to a large extent, they can't, they can't help.
1: They're expensive assets here. You're paying 120 million euro for each aircraft you shifted around to where the action is going to be. And they've been very, very good at that and very quick to react. That's one of the things that they've, it's been, behind their growth. It's their speed at reading a business situation and making a quick reaction to it. Other airlines can't react as quickly because they've been more hamstrung by the problems that Ryanair has taken on board like belligerent trade unions, all of those sorts of things. It is a very unionised industry. I see over the next 12 months that they will uh, navigate their way through this. If they really have to, they'll just cut back on the growth and keep the existing services running. Um, they are very cranky with Boeing. Um, Ryanair, uh, my Michael O'Leary used a very rude uh, four-letter word, not for the first time in <laughs> the reference here, Boeing then. the other day. <laughs> so we will probably see Reiner continuing to grow, but not at the rate we're used to. And I don't think the consumer will really be affected because the existing services will continue more or less at the level they had unless you're flying Belfast to Stansted.
0: OK, well, that's an interesting point, um, Caroline, um, because flight rights and complaints about flights and airlines and all that make up a huge bulk of stuff that your organisation the european consumer centre deals with isn't that right
2: it does every year it's our top area of complaint and it accounts for sometimes 60 to 70% of the queries that we deal with so yeah. it's you know it's a huge huge issue for for consumers we are a very travel focused generation and people travel cheap flights easy to book flights where you know it, and pro- problems do do arise in this case um consumers are obviously going to be affected to a degree. Um, if an airline gives you more than two weeks notice of a cancellation then they don't have to pay a compensation so though they, they, they do still have to reroute you or um, to get
0: you um, to, or, or to refund you if, if,
2: if you no longer want to travel. So this
0: might just affect people who've booked kind of well in advance of, of the flights which lots of people do because they might have a wedding to go to or holidays to book and they want to bed down the flights and worry about the rest of the stuff later and they may be caught then in, in cancellations and strikes and all kinds of, of things that go on. Absolutely,
2: and in in those cases, a refund. If you paid nine ninety nine for your flight, a refund's not much use to you. Really, you want to get to your destination because you won't get right. it. The they do person. this
1: all the time, Sinead If the flights aren't full, and Ryanair have a history of doing this, they're always careful to b- cancel outside the two weeks. But as Caroline says, you're not going to get an alternative for nine ninety nine
0: at that, that late in the day. You know, and that's all you get back. All right. Now let's go to our callers um, because we can chat here all all uh, day long. And in fact, we have people with with really important questions. Um, On the line, first, we have Emma. Emma, oh gosh, Emma, you've had a terrible time going on holiday. Tell us what happened to you.
3: So I was due to fly out from Dublin to Bordeaux on Saturday morning. And our flight was cancelled as we were at the boarding gate. We got a text as we arrived at the boarding gate. So we were put on the next available flight, which was 24 hours later, and included a stopover in Amsterdam. So we arrived in Bordeaux um, over 24 hours after we were supposed to land, and when we landed I discovered that my luggage had gone missing, and they told me this at baggage arrivals. Um, I was told then that we would have a €100 euro allowance per passenger in my party to replace essential items in our luggage. Um, but I'm still waiting four days later for our luggage to arrive, and there's no sign of it um the delivery company sent a message to me to say that it was on the way on Monday, then that it had been delivered, but it hasn't and k l m the um airline who have lost my luggage have been very unhelpful and very unresponsive, so I'm just at a loss as to what to do and what my rights are with the cancelled flight and with the lost luggage
0: oh gosh okay god there is a tail and a half so Emma has had two issues really she, her bags have gone AWOL um, four days later she has no idea where they are and a 24 hour delay and I mean that's just awful isn't it airline? <laughs> Awful. I mean, it's a terrible, terrible you situation. Yeah, kids and, yeah, kids
2: and your, long, your long-awaited long family holiday. Um, firstly, so to tackle the first issue, the delay or the, the cancellation I assume of her um, yeah. initial flight. Um, the airline um, did accommodate her on the next available flight. That's good. Um, they were obliged to do that. Um, if she had any expenses in that interim period of 24 hours, any accommodation costs, any food, um, communication expenses, she's entitled to look for them back from the airline. Um, so that's that's. And that's is that now on top of the hundred
0: quid that they they yeah, gave I mean, her? I understand
2: that the hundred quid was for the um the the
0: loss of her baggage rather than the cancellation oh, of the right. flight. Oh, so she could replace kind of her toothbrush and yeah, yeah, that t-shirts. kind of thing. Okay. But as
2: regards to the cancellation, um, the first thing will be then if she's had any any expenses, um, and then the fact that she was rerouted. So the airline has complied with with those those criteria. The other thing then will be the reason why it was cancelled, um, and that will dictate then whether she's entitled to financial compensation, um, which is if she's travelling within Europe, um as it sounds, it would be 250 yeah, euro per passenger. And,
0: yeah, she mentioned KLM. Yeah. So,
2: um, if the reason for cancellation was extraordinary circumstances, if it's beyond the control of the airline, weather, political instability, that type of thing. Oh,
0: for goodness sake. Well, see, this is the thing now. So, there's yeah. always this catch-all question in it. Oh, extraordinary circumstances tell us what they won't like what they consider that because it's not clear in the legislation the legislation
1: is very old 2004 uh, the famous EU 261 uh, three very clear um, definitions uh, strike action was one of them weather related and tech uh, the technical problems with that's the when aircraft.
0: you don't get your money back we saw you don't
1: the, get your compensation uh, uh, you do get your money back this is really important there's two okay. very distinctive things here Sinead the duty of care from the airline you have to look after your passengers you don't abandon them the Second, it's a compensation. That's a no, a penal thing that can actually come in that you get receive compensation, which is higher than your uh, the what you paid on your airfare, and that is what really was uh, two thousand and four would apply to duty of care would have gone back down the decades. The difference I've seen over the last few years is you know court cases testing every point of that. The very early ones um, started knobbling airlines who were claiming uh, a weather delay or a tech delay. And what happened was a knock on from a tech delay. Let's say the Manchester the plane was grounded in Manchester and you were due to fly from Nice later on that day. They started saying that doesn't apply. You have to have spare aircraft Ah, to look after that. So it has been swinging in the direction of the consumer, probably not fast enough for some of the people who come to Caroline complaining. The more interesting one last year was a strike one which was a 2E fly court case uh, where the airline was held to be responsible for a strike by its staff, by its trade unions. Now it was a wildcat, not a trade union uh, strike as well, which added to the complication. So I see the compensation argument moving uh, more and more or consumer uh, in the direction of the consumer the interesting thing is they Airlines will preempt the compensation claim. Most airlines aren't really in the business of ending up in court fighting with their passengers. They want to keep them. Loyalty is important. So things like uh, p- coughing up money early uh, and solving the, the problem early is, are in their interest. We have two separate, uh, two separate issues here. The lost luggage. Lost luggage is a nightmare, I can tell you, from an airline to solve. They sometimes spend ages finding it. Sometimes the luggage mm. is never found. And never
0: found when it disappears into
2: And you you're think?
1: dealing with one of the four biggest transfers. Fair airports in Europe, Amsterdam. Yeah,
2: okay. Just back on, on that, that question. Yeah. Um, so the first thing is, if she's any expenses, any receipts for expenses, hang on, hang on, to, on to them. To them um, contact the airline to make a complaint over the, over the cancellation. And um, the flight departed from Dublin, so if she's any issues with that, to contact Commission for Aviation Regulations, Flight Rights.
0: FlightRights.ie, and it's actually a great website, and you can get quite a lot of information yeah. on that. Okay, we've another um, couple of texts here. Uh, one is: "Hallucinate." Airlinks cancelled our flight last September during Storm Alley due to high winds. We were due to fly around. And lunch, kept being delayed, staff arrived, boarded the thing um, and then they made an announcement saying it was cancelled due to operational difficulties. Uh, lots of other Aer Lingus flights departed that day as the storm was finished before two. We had to change our flight to Bordeaux and it ended up costing us extra money. Um, and, and they missed out on a night's accommodation. What are our rights? Now, actually, when a, I presume they got reboarded and, and got away for, for no extra cost. But the problem is, if you're doing holidays, Caroline, where you've booked the flight and the accommodation separately, like, Erlingus isn't going to be responsible for your Airbnb in Bordeaux, no, is it? No,
2: or, or your theatre tickets or whatever you no. think you may have booked. And that is the way people book holidays now. They book individual segments. It's in like the, that difference energy.
0: between what they, the dynamic holiday and the, yeah, and so the package. That's,
1: yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah, so yeah, like yeah
0: is trying to catch up with how we book holidays.
2: Uh, if you're
1: um, with a travel agent, you are covered, covered for covered all of this.
0: because they look, and you know what, the travel agent has made such a comeback. You know, we thought they were a dying breed there for a few years, but people do have greater protections um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, certainly people prefer that. Okay, another text here. Um, Hi, we had to come home early from Mexico as my father-in-law died. We were on a two-week package, but only one week had gone. We had to fly home through Manchester and get tickets from there. Are, what am I entitled to, if anything? It's going to come down to insurance. I think that one is it. If they're, on,
1: they're on a 2E package, 2E are responsible. You know, if if they're on a 2E package and ended up not being uh, brought No, on. I
0: think it was a 2 we you know, they were away for fortnight Rather week. than 2E, 2, <laughs> e, two e the airline. No, I okay. think it was just around holiday, but that's not the airline's... Responsibility. No, is a really? lot of airlines
2: do have um kind of a, a clauses that will try to accommodate people in the event of death or serious injury and try to get people home. Um, but it does depend on the airline. Okay, but if they are um, accommodating you, they should get you back to your point of departure. Yeah, um, you know, not, yeah. not halfway. And, okay. there, and there
1: is insurance that covers that. Now, the ordinary commoner garden one-year um, insurance, travel insurance, generally comes in very, very cheaply. Try and look for the add-ons, and one of the important add-ons that you can get from the likes of Blue Insurance, a so multi-trip, whatever, is uh, a flight disruption. It costs about a ten or more, but it gets you out of all of these situations, and it's one of the things that the insurance companies have identified since the right. Ash Cloud in okay, the 2010. and sometimes
0: they're included on the higher-priced insurance. You know the Silver or it it pack, is an extra, it it's just, not going to come yeah, in your general okay. travel insurance.
1: You know, most people buy the cheapest travel insurance, yeah. sometimes have a look at these little extras. Because
0: they're only thinking about the medical care really, aren't they? Okay, um, now we've another caller just before the break. Uh, Barry is on the line from and uh, Barry, you have a question relating to an online purchase. Okay, so I bought a barbecue online yesterday, um, after about an hour. I kind of regretted buying it. It uh,
3: hasn't been delivered yet. I'm just curious, what are my rights in terms of getting a refund, like, can I get a refund? Can I cancel the order?
0: Right, okay. Now, so Barry bought a a barbecue and he's just not happy with it, doesn't like
2: it. Right, Right. well, (laughs) um, (laughs) if Barry bought the barbecue online, um, well then, yes, he can can, can, um, cancel the contract and and change his mind. Um, He'll have to bear the return costs if he can't cancel it in advance of them dispatching it. If he bought it in a store, he doesn't have a legal right to change his mind. Um, The store can... many stores will have a returns policy but they're not obliged to by law so it'll just depend on the terms of and of course the
0: online thing that that isn't just if you're buying online from abroad if you buy online from Dublin Absolutely. Yeah. You, all you, online transactions. You get those stronger yeah. rights, don't There you? are some
2: exceptions, um, you know, personalized products, perishable goods. I mean, kind of obvious ones. Barbecues are not an exception. So Unless, only an he has issue. printed
0: Barry's barbecue. Exactly. The then side. maybe he'll be in trouble. Or he, from he, that or he wants fine. to send the sausages back with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, okay. Uh, we have, um, another, uh, texter in here. Uh, The warranty on my dishwasher, this is Owen from Cabra. The warranty on my dishwasher is up as of four months ago, but now there seem to be issues with it. Am I destined to buying a new dishwasher? I would have thought four months wasn't that long, Caroline. Oh my!
2: I think. Um, sorry, he has it for how long? He, he has it, the
0: warranty is up as of four months ago. So I don't okay. know. We don't know how long he has. He has the. It, he yeah. has the dishwasher, well, that would be a consideration. But um mm. the
2: key point that I'd like to make here, and it's an issue that we see all the time, is that just because a manufacturer's warranty has expired, doesn't mean that you don't have rights. You still have your rights under statutory legislation. Those rights are actionable against the seller of the product. So it's not as a direct. Um, As as straight cut, straight clear cut to say that the retailer has to refund him or reimburse him, but certainly he has recourse against the seller and he should do that and not just accept um, that he has no rights Don't because the be of off yeah
0: exactly. so it will depend I suppose how long he has it in the first place and what's gone wrong with it okay right okay we're going to, we have uh, Caroline Carneen from the European Consumer Centre Owen Curry with all your travel queries and we're going to be back for more after this and this is the consumer call in and I'm Sinead Ryan sitting in for Ivan Yates this evening we are dealing with flight rights we are dealing with consumer queries uh, and we have our experts in studio Caroline Kernin, for the from the European Consumer Centre and Owen Curry on flight rights now we sent our news talk reporter Henry McKean uh, to ask people if they had ever had to return something or been on a delayed flight and whether they had any idea about their consumer rights
4: so you went on holiday
5: yeah and we were delayed um, four or five hours there was a fault on the plane
4: and do you know your rights did you get any compensation
5: no I'm waiting on it but it didn't come yet I was supposed to get something I don't know how much I do look at the
6: back of the receipt to see what is the terms and conditions for flights. We were late, but then again, it happens in Ryanair anyway.
4: So you were late. Did you right. complain? Did you ask for a refund? No. You just left it?
6: I did, because it was an hour late, so uh, we got teas and copies. So I I was kind happy with that, so they looked after us, but I wouldn't complain, no.
4: Believe it or not, Ryanair are the most reliable airline when it comes to being on time in europe that is a fact i've been Ryanair twice and i've been delayed twice do you ring a number do you say i want my money back do you fill out forms to do all that stuff i find it a waste of time Uh, i just get on with it i'm too busy but i also think people are a bit unrealistic because it's it's life it's it's nobody can be perfect all of the time if a flight is delayed it's delayed you know it's i fly a lot it's a pain in the backside but so you fly all over the place you're from all over the place yeah originally you live in ireland look for a fair deal and if things are wrong you go back and generally I find people actually helpful if you just ask nicely so I'd be I, nice about it Yeah I think that that's, that's certainly don't important. Be angry. No I have my own business and I, I always have one rule if people ask me nicely then I'll help them if they don't ask me nicely then I, They're the back of the queue If you're nice about it you'll get help if you're not nice I, I find you don't get help I think it's a basic simple rule so do you want to ask me nicely again then I'll help you When I travel a lot and you people get the wrong car, and the car hire in the car They're screaming, the shot and this poor person behind the desk it's not really going to fix it it's the not his or her fault no it's not so they're not going to magic a car out of the car park for that reason so just be reasonable and people will be reasonable with you consumer rights are very important and in the
1: past i've complained to the ombudsman and gotten success going through the whole process which takes a long time and even got apologies from banks and the telephone company.
4: Really? That's a difficult thing to get. At. An apology from a it phone company? It takes
1: a long time. Now, I don't have anything to complain about.
4: I've actually met someone who has nothing to complain about. It's yes. amazing. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> right, okay. Well, a whole range of views there. And do you know what it strikes me from that? It is the people who are tenacious, who follow through on their complaints, if they have something valid, that actually see action, don't they? consumer apathy is a big problem and people who just say like that
2: um, guy said he was too busy to follow up I mean we see that quite a lot and companies get away with a lot because of people's attitudes
0: they do and I mean you're, you're really better off following up the complaints procedures and they can be very very slow we did have a text in Owen about uh, somebody who was saying that um, they find it really really difficult to get through to customer services uh, desks in airlines when they do want to make a complaint and they have a legitimate concern are they just being deliberately obtrusive or are they Doing best.
1: They've scaled down the telephone side of uh, things, and this is really interesting that when things go wrong, uh, the telephones are uh, service consumer. They, they really are underused for most of the time. And then when something goes wrong, they're inundated. They're inundated. They actually <laughs> cannot handle. And the demographic uh, that needs the telephone reply is probably um, the one that need, needs help the most the easiest way, if anything goes wrong, if Storm Ali being being an example, um, is go on Twitter, go to your direct message. Go public or direct message. (laughs) It doesn't matter, go public or uh, go private to them. And also the online chat, which is fantastic because uh, service uh, customer service people can have five conversations at the same time. That's where they're directing people. That's where the responses are coming quickest. It's where I would go if anything went wrong. You're
0: absolutely right. I find that because online, like your Calling it out in public, aren't you?
1: It doesn't even—I mean, there's a there is a Twitter I'll humiliate you in public. The airlines probably aren't really—you know—they sometimes get involved in spats with. But the interesting thing is that the people who use telephones are not the Twitter generation; are probably the ones most in. Had the Twitter generation are more savvy of how to react when things go wrong. So it is a big issue that um, phones aren't being manned to, in the same extent that they yeah, used, they used to, be, to be, and it's yeah. really hard to get information when things start going yeah, wrong. Biggest single uh, choke point for the airlines. I noticed also that uh, people were talking about the Ryanair compensation. They, Ryanair uh, it went from being one of the, one of the airlines that was slowest to pay out. They actually invited people to them on. They were really r- nasty to being one of the best in under EU t- 261. What, what they did was they set targets for paying out quickly because they re- recognised it was saving the money to solve it quickly, get everybody on side. They're actually one of the best airlines for dealing with the EU okay. 261 complaints because they've put a, a dedicated service and they also have the scale of 130 million passengers a year, which makes it worthwhile for them.
0: Good to know. Okay, we have another travel-related query in here. Do I have any comeback if my Airbnb Airbnb cancels at the last minute, says one texter. I presume Caroline, no, mm, is the no. is going to be the short answer Airbnb there, isn't are they? essentially an
2: intermediary between the host and the the guest, and they form a contract is formed between the host and the guest. Um, last minute cancellations are awful because the availability is much limited and the cost of any available accommodation is going to be sky high. Airbnb do say that they will help. Um. Uh, Yes, to find your, yeah. to, to find alternative accommodation. Um, but as regards any additional costs, it's not in their terms and from my understanding of it, it seems to be case by case as to whether you'll get anything. Yeah, I mean, you'll get
0: your refund, but oh, get your refund, they're course, Airbnb yeah. are very
2: good at oh, yeah. holding the money. But anything, addi- anything in addition to what you yeah. pay them, it's not so easy.
0: It's happened to me once uh, only on Airbnb and I have to say I've always had a very good experience with them. But when it does happen, it is super annoying because you booked well in advance and then suddenly at the last minute, oh, they've pulled it. But the, they do get a bad rep because you can Rate, you can rate the, mm-hmm. the hosts online. But that's
2: kind of how the system works and how it builds in, in trust that if you are a host that frequently cancels then you're going to have that on your reviews. There's an automatic um, review posted. So going with super hosts, going with... Um, posts that don't have that have five stars that have, that have, yeah. stars, that have lots yeah. of reviews yeah. and they don't have a practice agenda No different
1: from hotels Sinead the same right. issue yeah. if you're dealing direct as opposed to with, with an agent you are really really at the mercy of anything going wrong on the other side
0: advisor is your is your, uh, your god there right okay um, right plenty more to come loads and loads of calls and texts coming in uh, 53106 if you want to join that conversation and we'll go to the news headlines now with Eamon And we're back with the consumer call-in. We're looking at consumer rights and flight rights. We have a texter in. Uh, Folks, uh, tell the lady who's waiting on baggage. This is, I think, Emma, who had our call to look up the Montreal Convention. This covers her passengers for all necessary expenses incurred as having uh, no clothes while you're waiting your fare baggage, which brings up other issues, of course, as well, when you visualise that. Each passenger is entitled to approximately €1,200. I've done this on two previous occasions, says the caller. No airline tells passengers about it. So, what are your entitlements? I, I, look, do you have to prove what was in your bag and yes. how do you do So, that? the
2: Montreal Convention is very helpful, as um, the Texter pointed out. The issue with it is it doesn't mm. give any guidance as to how the airline should, cal- should calculate the compensation, it just sets the maximum amount. So, it sets a maximum amount which is 1,131 special drawing rights, which is kind of an um, international currency value um, and it fluctuates every day. So, at the moment, it's worth about 1,400 euro. So, but in order to claim up to fourteen hundred euro, um, Emma would need to have receipts to that value. In the you know the, of what was in her luggage, oh, right, who really okay. keeps receipts wow, of what's in their luggage? Oh, and um, or you, yeah, sorry, for, for, or, or bank statements. You know, if you, if you have other oh, proof of, of purchase water. just to prove the value. Yeah, sorry, so,
1: it's not really fit for purpose. Some airlines are more uh, belligerent than others. Great tip is to photograph everything in your suitcase with your phone after you've packed it. It also it isn't enough to cover. Who what, does that? It's it's a very simple thing to do. Really, get
0: really to, you know, just take a picture of what's of, in your, luggage, of
1: what's in your or luggage. Don't take
0: your valuables. And away with
1: you. you know, you obviously need all your seats and all of that sort of thing, but everything in the conflict situation with some of them. Some airlines are more belligerent than others, as I say. Um, anything you can throw into the mix is worthwhile. The real pro- issue is that it is not enough to cover most people, what co- the cost of most people's yeah. luggage uh, in nowadays. And it's really not fit for purpose. It really needs to be replaced. You're but better off, gathering though. all the airlines in the world to replace it is going I to be see. a big issue. I
0: know. And aren't you better off though, if you do have valuables and your gadgets and your laptops and all that, bringing them in your hand luggage with you rather than, rather than, yeah, and that's no another
2: away. good, good so, point. A lot of airlines actually have in their terms and conditions, that they won't accept responsibility for those items if they're put in their check luggage. So if you put your electronics in your check luggage and
0: something happens to them, they won't they won't take any
2: responsibility. Which the Americans
1: towards. were telling us to do a few years ago for security reasons. It's conflict yes, all over the place, contradictions. Okay.
0: Um, now we had a text in as well from somebody who was saying that they had bought something um, online from the UK, and the retailer refused to take it back because of Brexit. Okay. Well, now, folks, you're not out yet. Well, that's exactly <laughs> that's
2: it. it. They're yeah. not out yet. They're in the EU. <laughs> (laughs) they're subject to EU rules there's absolutely that's a ridiculous argument um, and they won't the retailer won't get very far with that Um, so if this um, caller would like to contact us at the European Consumer (laughs) Centre we'd be only too happy to help
0: You have till at least the end of October and who knows maybe even longer Um, certainly uh, nobody's going to uh, kind of give you give you a guarantee about that but isn't it interesting though because Brexit is going to bring up so many problems and we heard uh, last week about issues with really popular websites Caroline like asos.co.uk, Amazon, you know, tons and tons of Irish shoppers uh, who are now going to be stuffed for if, when Brexit, when Britain leaves the EU, the EU with tariffs, with postal charges, with um, uh, kind of customs duties and all that. That is going to be a huge thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. In terms of the cost for consumers, it's going to be huge. But
2: logistically, for the companies themselves, it's going to be um, very difficult as well. It's hard to see how it's going to play out. We've seen a lot of retailers open up European bases. So they may have they may retain a lot of their operations um, within the UK, but they may ha- open up a European centre um, and the contracts will be formed via that centre. So that would be probably a workaround for the larger companies. But for smaller UK companies, I just think... Irish consumers will probably look for alternative markets for their products.
0: And in terms of flights, Owen, like is break, are they all bedded down now, all those agreements? Because you don't want flights not being able to fly over Britain or whatever. You're shaking your head, no, that's going
1: to Nothing bedded down. We have a, a bare bones agreement which gets us from uh, March when they were supposed to leave to the end of December. Uh, the renegotiation of that is a complex business. The European Union also have retained the right to cancel it at any given time. Big issue, different uh, points of opinion as to how it'll impact. Uh, our two, two of our most famous aviators would contradict would disagree on it Michael O'Leary sees it, sees it as an opportunity for the French and the Germans to punish the British uh, by taking away their cheap flights their access Willie Walsh says it's going to be just a, a box ticking exercise because the alternative is too terrible to think but the reality is we have lots of opinion like a lot of other aspects of Brexit and nothing in writing and all we have in writing uh, runs out uh, due at the end of December for flights and at the end of March for ferries very Likely, the bare bones will be uh, pushed down the road a little bit because keep of the... Are, of we keep going as Keep going as we are yeah. till we don't... But at some stage, it's going to have to be tackled.
0: Well, it looks, like we borrow, borrow us in now to sort it all out, so what could go wrong? Um, OK, now we've another caller on the line. We have Magella. Magella, what is your query for our experts?
6: Hey, um, just like the query, um, returns policy for Irish uh, clothes shops and... they they seem to be a lot more strict than, you know, the English shops that are operating in Ireland. Um, In particular, um, the ones that run the 20%, um, you know, 20% off, it might be going on for three or four days in the week. Um, And if you buy something in the shop on that day, it's on on sale. You've no option. You know what I mean? They're full price items that have 20% discount. Um, And I'll give you an example of one shop where, um, I bought two items and I went. I returned them, um, and I was allowed to only get an exchange. There was no credit note. There was no refund or anything. Um, A offered, okay. and uh, you had to. Just, I just finished. You had to actually exchange it for the exact amount of money, or or or, um, or additional money. Do you know what I mean? You weren't allowed, for example, to say if you had 10 euro left on the receipt, you weren't allowed to get a credit note for it. You actually had to exchange for the full amount. And I'm just wondering, like, is it a bit of a scam or what's going on? Because well,
0: let's ask Caroline, but I suspect she's going to say, Magella, it's probably not a scam. And you were my- maybe you've been lucky even to get the credit note. Caroline, That's it,
2: exactly, Sinead. Yeah, um, retailers aren't obliged to take products back that aren't faulty. So although many retailers do, um, some would have very generous returns policies up to 30 days. And I think consumers perhaps have become conditioned to that with the presence of all the UK large UK retailers here. But smaller stores um, tend to not have such generous policies nor are they obliged to. So yes, the fact that they exchanged it at all, um, in circumstances where it wasn't faulty, is is more than their enti- more than their um obliged to do.
0: And as Magella was saying, Magella, you were saying that that they are only giving you a, a particular price back because you bought it at a discount. Um, they're they're allowed to that as well, aren't they? They, yeah they, all the powers with the with the retailer yeah
2: yeah i mean it's it's their it's their um voluntary policy so policy so they can set whatever terms they want on it they can choose not to give credit notes or to only give credit notes um or to do nothing at all. Yeah.
0: So the only thing they have to abide by then are what are termed the statutory rights. Absolutely. If if any any of the products that she
2: purchased um, were faulty, (laughs) and it doesn't matter whether they are on sale or discounted or otherwise, if they're faulty, she's entitled to her full statutory rights. Um, But if they're not faulty and they're simply no longer suitable, that's... She doesn't have any... changed
0: your mind. All right. Well, listen, sorry about that, Magella. I'm afraid you're not going to get much joy out of that, but you're quite right. I think you're making a really good point that shops are inconsistent because there isn't the laws on their side so they can kind of pick and choose about what they want to do uh, with customers. Okay. We've another, thank you for your call. We have another caller here. Um, I have tried unsuccessfully to cancel my TV and broadband package but I keep getting transferred from one person to another without any success says our caller before the phone goes dead. Can I cancel in writing? I subscribed to an online streaming service I no longer need but I'm finding it almost impossible to unsubscribe. Mm,
2: this is the can- of where customer service are very easy to contact when you're trying to sign up and not so easy to contact when you're trying to get out of the contract. Um, but to go to answer the question, yes, you should absolutely cancel in, in writing. Um, it's generally more efficient, but also you have a formal record of the date in which you withdrew from the contract, and that can be very useful to have. If you cancel over the phone and then the cancellation isn't actioned, you have very little proof um, of the date in which you cancelled if you subsequently bill down the line. So we would always say to cancel in writing by email, by if they have a contact form by letter if require if you have to um and then you will be able to stand over your cancellation um if it's a, for the broadband if you've issues with cancellation they can um the caller can contact Comreg the communications regulator they don't deal with TV um subscriptions but
0: for broadband they can And they're resist. they're they're one of the rare regulators with teeth so they, yeah, they're they can really good. really come in yeah. and do stuff on that okay now after the break we have somebody who's been stranded in Spain for 9 hours we're going to let Owen have a chat uh, about that afterwards and we're going to And go. your very welcome back I'm Sinead Ryan sitting in for Ivan on the hard shoulder this evening we're answering consumer and flight right questions with our guests in studio Owen Curry and Caroline Carneen. now we have um, a caller on the line Elaine from Cork, Elaine you have a query about a recent flight you were on what happened?
5: Um, well we were delayed by my reckoning three hours so my query uh, relates to who actually determines the, um, the delay time of a flight if we say it was three hours on the airline, in this case it was airline. said it was two hours 55 minutes, how do you actually
0: prove, for want of a better word, that you're correct? Okay, and actually those five well, minutes make all the difference, don't they, Owen?
1: Mm-hmm. They bring you in, the cro- in a crossover point. There are different crossover points for cups of coffee, calls, all of that, and then the the most important is the five-hour delay. But um, it, the, quest, the airline version of events because everything is scheduled and they can actually prove take-off times is generally what's accepted. The interesting thing is that we have situations where people have uh, you know the tarmac time is also the delay on the tarmac is a separate is actually a separate uh, clock.
0: Oh go away so so in fact.
1: um, We have a situation where you know your terminal time and your tarmac time uh, added together can actually be considerably more than um, the official delay.
0: And does that bring you into the over the three hours where you it get your rights it, it or it the Sometimes, you
1: know, there are allegations that airlines have put people onto the tarmac, but certainly a tarmac delay is, reg- is not regarded the same as a terminal delay. And uh, under EU 261, as most listeners will know, um, you you hit different entitlements with each time. And the key entitlement then is the five hour one. So we have had uh, situations where people have been uh, with a terminal delay, followed by a terminal delay, which has brought them over a cusp which hasn't been recognised.
0: Uh, Tell me, Elaine, what did you get from, if anything, from Aer Lingus? Did you get an apology? Did you get a lunch?
5: Um, we actually got a, a five euro voucher in in the airport before we left. Um, each passenger got that, but I suppose um, what we calculated was from the flight, the time we were meant to take off to the time we actually took off, um, we reckon was three hours. Okay. But when we got to the when we got to Malaga, the pilot announced, "You know, sorry for the delay." Sorry for the two-hour, 55-minute delay. <laughs> but not everyone agreed that it was two hours, 55 uh, minutes, which-
0: uh, well- and your fiver is going to go very easily. far. In and
1: the sometimes, sometimes right? shops don't take the vouchers. I've been in a situation where I was given a voucher and wandered around the terminal trying to find uh,
0: something. To to to, the important some of
2: the thing um, to bear in mind for calculation of the flight time is the um, delay at destination. So it's actually calculated from when the time you were supposed to land, not when you were departing. So if you were due to land at half two and you landed at half five then that's a three hour delay and the delay is calculated not when the plane lands but when the door is open and you're permitted to leave the aircraft oh for
0: goodness sake because it's otherwise an
2: airline can oh. you know say well we landed and keep you there for another hour so once the door is open and you're allowed to, to disembark that is when the mm. delay is calculated so that's what
5: um, But I suppose to in, my, in my in my case I have to rely on the airline um, you have
0: to rely on a stopwatch that it that seems that, to me <laughs> well, I'm um, you know, on, on as well. I mean, the, the airlines' worst. That's it the time they landed, and that's the time. Uh, it. right. Okay. I look, it doesn't look as if you're going to win that one, Elaine. I'm very sorry. Well, now. just, just to,
2: to Elaine to go to the national in, enforcement body. Um, if your flight took took um departed from Dublin again, it's flightrights oh, So again, it's flightrights.ie Once it's from the Irish jurisdiction, um, they're very helpful. They will look for the evidence from the airline as to, for them to prove the time of the delay. So that's where to go for your next yeah. step.
0: And and you have nothing to lose, Elaine. Like put in your claim. It costs nothing. And and so it's flightrights.ie and see what happens thereafter. Maybe if enough people do it, they'll they'll come through with something. Okay, thanks very much for your call. There we have another caller. Uh, Dave uh, is on the line, and Dave, you've got a different problem. What's your what's your issue?
4: Yeah, the question is just related to delays. So recently, coming back from Faro to Dublin, Aer Lingus flight was delayed for three hours while sitting on the runway on the plane, and just inquiring as to any refund or compensation it should be or could be owing for that. Uh, significant inconvenience.
0: Okay, so a flight again, it's within Europe, feral to Dublin and, and a delay and.
4: Yeah, compensation.
2: compensation will depend on the reasons for the delay. So, and the, it, and, the, and the time. So, if it is if it's over three hours, well, then yes, they'll be, they'll be entitled um, to compensation. But it um will do, if if the reason for the delay isn't extraordinary circumstances. Again, if there's any dispute about that, um, to go to the national enforcement body. If the flight's departing from, I think it was Portugal in that case. Yeah, it will be the Portuguese uh, national, national enforcement, enforcement yeah, body. And
0: that's the other thing, people. then And they have to download the forms, which are in a different language, and you have to try and navigate them. Um, uh, Owen, oh we had um, a caller in a, a texter in. My airline cancelled my flight with 45 minutes to go before takeoff. We were left stranded in Spain for nine hours and had to change to another airline to get us home. Customer service was non-existent and has been the same way ever since. What am I entitled to?
1: Back, back to, uh, you're entitled to, to a compensation in that case, but back to the whole thing of communication. Um, so, you know, uh, in some cases, like last Saturday, would be a very good example. And uh, the storms all over Europe, which would not be compensation issue. Uh, a lot of the uh, passengers were contacted by text before they left for the airport. Forty-five minutes to go is pretty much a nightmare situation. Um, when you're uh, out- in an airport where the aer- airline is based, for instance, if you're in Dublin and there's a Ryanair problem, generally everything gets solved very, very quickly. If you're in a distant airport with maybe two or three services a week or even just a day, um, it, it takes a long time. Sometimes uh, an alternative aircraft has to be brought in and uh, they also have to go fishing from other air- airlines at a, one of the busiest times of the year for excess seats. One way of looking at it is why do airlines take so long to sort out these problems? The other way of looking at it is they're pretty good at sorting out very, very major problems where tens of thousands of passengers get stranded by an air traffic control strike or weather conditions and they do it fairly quickly. They manage to shift through it in that day or so. And um, a delay of nine hours, depending on what caused the delay is, enti- is, moves you into the compensation. And as I said th- at the beginning, they get-out clauses for those delays, which used to be fairly clear-cut, three or four areas. Um, they're being rolled back bit by bit.
0: Okay, and we have uh, Lara on the line. Uh, Lara, you have an issue with uh, regard to complaints as well with regard to an airline.
6: Hi Sinead. When I ring an airline to complain, I always end up waiting a ridiculous amount of time to talk to someone. Why is this the case? Or is there a more efficient way to complain to an airline?
0: Isn't that the problem, Caroline and uh, Owen? Because then the complaint doesn't become about the delay or the something that's gone wrong. It becomes about the complaint itself and how long it's taken to resolve it. Why
2: yeah, it acerbates the situation and can God. inflame inflame a person's um, response, um, and doesn't assist in resolving matters quickly. Um, we were mentioning this earlier, but um, like some airlines used to be really bad for for contacting. Ryanair used to only accept complaints by fax only a short few years ago, um, or via premium phone number whereas now they've moved on to live chat and these dynamic contact forms which allows them to respond so much quicker and they are very good and very very prompt at responding to queries now Um, so I think personally, again it's always best to put your complaint in writing so you have a formal record of it and then you you can use that then to, if you have to take a small claim, if you have to go to the National Enforcement Body you have a record of it. So you know, we would always advise people to put their complaint in writing rather than use the phone. Yeah. Phone can is be it handy. Yeah, you've a record, yeah, you have a record train, yeah, and train, you can build on that exactly. That yeah, okay. And um, the, yeah. the message yeah. for
1: airlines is: don't abandon the phone. They seem to think the phone is yesteryear, but so many people still use it, and they're undermanned.
0: Yeah. And they're the ones giving out the two free faxes if you get delayed, (laughs) which is one of the entitlements. Actually, next time I'm delayed, I'm going to demand my two free (laughs) faxes just to see what happens. Okay, Uh, Now, uh, we've a text in here from Ed in Cork. Sinead, have you any rights when it comes to holiday apartments not being what was advertised on the website? The image shows a beautiful view, but is non-existent upon arrival. Uh, I suppose it's does it depend how you book, Caroline? Yeah, it dep- exactly. It depends how you, how you book. So
2: a lot of um, accommodation, holiday holiday accommodation is peer-to-peer. So it's another individual. Um, so you're outside the scope of traditional consumer legislation if you're not dealing with a business. You know, if it could be someone who just has their holiday home up for rent on, on, a, on, a, on a website. Um, but still, it has to be as described. If pictures are held out Of um, as of the apartment, they need to match. Um, So anybody who finds themselves in a situation where the accommodation isn't as described, they should be taking pictures um, and just to to support and substantiate how it's how it's not um, in conformity with the advertisement.
0: Okay, and Owen, tour operators, you do get extra protections if you're travelling through a proper like a holiday company that's booked you a whole package deal. They're quite good at sorting out stuff, or are they? Will they move you to a different accommodation, or a a a tour
1: operator will have somebody on the ground? which in this day and age is, is a huge bonus you have somebody to, to say face to face this isn't working they find another uh, apartment for you tour operators are also subject to very very stringent much more stringent standards in terms of advertising standards act they can be prosecuted by the advertising standards authority if their brochures make a claim on behalf of a hotel which uh, isn't true so it's it's another reason to keep uh, looking at that uh, at, at going through that old traditional way that yeah. they you know, we were fashion. all told in nineteen ninety six they'd all be extinct in ten years. They're still around and there's a reason for that.
2: Yeah, it depends well, on yeah. how they're booked. So if obviously if the packet holiday like legislation and governs the transaction, well then the consumer is in a much
0: better position. But if it's peer-to-peer then it's different. it stays. to me there seems to be lots of gaps in the legislation. We've so good we've all these people writing laws for us around the country and in the EU and they, they, they haven't kind of patched up the bits that are there. Uh, right, another a final question then um, uh, from a caller. Is there anything to stop me bringing in a new computer from Germany, buying it in Germany on holiday and bringing it back in my luggage to use here? Do I have to pay customs fees? No,
2: no, no, not at all. I mean an Irish person in Germany is Equally, is entitled to walk into a shop and buy a computer at the same price as is available on the German market, and is entitled to bring it home. When you buy from the when you buy when you buy within the EU, you don't have to buy, you don't have to, any additional taxation levies when you come home. But hold
0: off buying it in the UK once October.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: The I issue is America. People bring I them in from America and or China outside the EU. and Australia yeah, and, the EU. and they end
0: up having to pay at the door. The postman can't deliver. Can't deliver yeah, and plus an administration fee. Right All right, it. okay. That's ECC uh, Travel Extra for Owen Curry and. And um, they've been absolutely s- stellar today. Absolutely fantastic. OK, well, listen, uh, I'd like to thank uh, the production team, Mark Simpson, Ashling Moore, Dan Flanagan, Alex Russo, Roisin Davis and John O'Donovan. We would not be here without any of those people. And on sound, we'd Michael Quilligan and Peter Malloy, my thanks to the guests. Uh, we're going to do it all again tomorrow. We've got a busy, busy show ahead. Stay tuned to Newstalk.com for what we will be doing then. All right, and a very good evening to you. And off the balls up next. Good
6: evening.